0: Welcome to our opinion, this is the Best. We are in Parchus Kukus, but we're talking about the idea of unused potential. Everybody has way more potential than they use at this point. And it can be comforting or it can be very frustrating. In general, it tends to be frustrating. Some people will react by just not dealing with it. They just keep themselves so busy that they don't notice. The 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 angst that they have from having more potential than they use, and some people feel the angst, allow themselves to feel that angst a lot, and some people turn it into joy, and there are probably ten other solutions as well. So, but it seems to be a huge talk, a huge issue of the of the generation, and we want to get to the bottom of it, so to speak, and it probably has a lot to do with Parshas Chukas. So. Um, we want to look into where does it come from? In the Hayyamim above Tammuz, which is very short, I just want to show you how it, it's there. It says that the mitz- mitzvahs come down through the maqib in the mitzvahs themselves. We're saying that when you do mountain climbing, you came from level zero, you came from ground zero, now you're on level, let's say, four, and you want to go higher. So you have, you're you're, you're holding onto the rock or you're on a little plateau and you have with you, if you're a mountain climber, a rope with an, a pick on it, a sharp object at the end of it. And the way you climb this mountain is you rest it at this new place. And now you take this rope and you swing it and you throw it up until it catches on to a rock way above you. You test it very strongly to make sure that it, um, it's strong because your life is going to depend on it. And then what you do is you start to pull yourself up with that rope. And people, they kind of, um, not really climb the rope, but um, keep pushing themselves, keep the, the climber keeps pushing himself away from the rocks, holding onto this rope. He sort of swings in and out like a monkey, touching the rocks and then swinging out and then touching his the feet to the mountain and then swinging out until he gets to the, this new high place. Which now becomes his new normal. So, um, this is us in life. And so, when the Yom Yom says that the mitzvah, mitzvahs come down through the matzah in them, there's a higher part to the mitzvah that enables you to pull the whole thing down into your life. How do you make that higher level your new normal? So the process of climbing in life, well, the mitzvahs come down through the higher part of the mitzvah. The part of the mitzvah that you can't really, that's intangible, is way above you. And that is everything in life. We are mountain climbers. So we're always trying to get to a higher level. It means in every, everything, in our potential, in our relationships, in our sense of self, in our accomplishments, in, in our mitzvahs, etc., etc., etc. But it's all embedded in this ayam yum that through the higher part that's in the mitzvah, that's how you bring the mitzvah down to become your new normal. So I climbed to level 10, and that's my new normal. That's it. You know, if I decide to stop the climb, I stop stop right there. That became my new normal, level 10, you know, rock number whatever it is, 100. That's it. Now I rest over there, and that's where I stay. You know, The it's like us going through the desert. traveling through the desert when we were on the way to Eretz Yisrael, we were on a way, the way to creating a new normal in the land of Israel. This is all about Gimel Tamos, right? We're on the way to creating a new normal in the land of Israel. Oh, you know what? Everybody mute themselves, and then I, by pressing start this, and then you can unmute. It's probably simpler. So, in in this journey, In this journey, we're constantly, we're, we're constantly pulling down from a higher place and creating a new normal by pulling down from a higher place. So this has everything to do with tzedakah, which is interesting. It says the mitzvah tzedakah, for instance, is a general mitzvah. Okay, so just picture this, this mitzvah, which is a very general energy. How it's, it, it, it includes all mitzvahs, which a mitzvah really is pulling down from a very high place from godly desire, from what Hashem wants, way up there, so to speak, down here into my everyday life and making it my new normal. So it's like that ladder that goes from very high to very low. So when you have a mitzvah like tzedakah, it encompasses that whole energy. All mitzvahs are called tzedakah. So it's good to give a coin to tzedakah before you do every every mitzvah because it's pulling down the energy and creating a new normal. of Hamshakha What is that called in fancy Hasidish language? The Hamsha of Makif into Which is what we want to talk about. Makif is something that's way above you. It's like the sukkah. It surrounds you. It's there, there's this incredible energy, but you can't really put your hands on it. And you certainly can't internalize it. So like the walls of your house, you're inside, you're inside a building. It's massive, it's surrounding you. You are not the building. You go to the dentist's office. You're inside the office. You're sitting in the chair. You are not the office. He's not the office either. My dentist is not his office. He has an office surrounding him. You know, for months we were thinking about the virus which the whole issue of the virus is it has it has this wall around it that's made out of fatty substance, a lipid membrane that has a wall around it. And when it loses the wall around it by washing your hands with soap, then that whole macus energy that's available to the virus, lo- the virus loses all of its power when the wall around it disintegrates. And that that's the whole, and we really want to think about it now, too. Don't stop washing your hands for 20 seconds. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it, keep it up. Because the most profound secret about us and our potential and making our potential become our new normal is all embedded in that dumb virus. We can learn everything we need to learn from the virus. Because of the fact that the virus has to have that stick wall around it. It has to have the wall around it to be effective. As soon as you wash your hands for 20 seconds, the wall disintegrates around it. it no longer has the Makif wall around it, and it loses all its power. Which is why you think such a terrifying, beyond terrifying virus that claimed the lives of of tens of thousands. that's a terrifying virus you it's scary it's so scary it's beyond scary, and yet it's afraid of your bar of soap it's afraid of the most terrifying enemy that we've had in a long time since the holocaust is this virus, and we're all afraid of it, and yet it is afraid of your bar of soap because in twenty seconds. Your little bar of soap or your little soap dispenser just disintegrated the wall, the Makis wall around the virus, and now the virus has no power because the Makis was taken off. So in there, we understand there is a big secret about Makis. Makis gives the virus power. Good, same thing. Mountain climbing gives me, if I'm a mountain climber, the the place up there that I have not yet reached, that I'm going to throw my rope up to and hook on and try to get there. That's what keeps mountain climbers going. That's what gives mountain climbers the raison d'être to live mountain climbers who their whole life is mountain climbing, they will literally risk their lives to climb a higher mountain that they've never succeeded at climbing to before up before. And they know that they are putting their lives in jeopardy. But they feel like, they feel that life isn't really worth much to them if they can't keep doing that. The adventure of Seeing the makis, what's up there that you can't yet reach, and bringing it down to yourself or lifting up to it so that it, that makis becomes your new normal. Now you got to the top of that mountain, and you're sitting there eating your tuna fish sandwich. That's your new normal. That's your new home, that makis, this is what keeps these people living and if they're deprived of that. they often will lose their will to live. So there's clearly a massive secret in in bringing the ma'achas down into penis, making it your new normal. So here, the Yom Yom is saying that when you give tadaka it does this, and therefore you should give tadaka before a mitzvah. And it's the matthew part of a mitzvah, the higher part of a mitzvah that you can't really reach. You can't put your hands on it. That's what you use as a lever to pull it down to you and pull yourself up to it. And now you have a new normal in your life. we So this idea of tzedakah that brings the matthew, the up there that you can't reach, down into you so it's new, your new normal, it's still called makith There are two kinds of Makif. There's the close one and the far one. In your life, you have two makith. You go to the dentist's office, and you see that the dentist has two makith things, makith energies going on, meaning he's got the walls of his, of his office. He's sitting in an office. The walls of his office are a makith. He is not the walls. He is not the office. He works in the office. He may rent or even own the office. He is not the walls. So the walls are Marcus. They surround him. Now he's also wearing his dentist. He's wearing a, he's wearing a, he's wearing clothes. His clothes are not him. It's true that when you see him, you know, you would be surprised. To show up at the dentist and he's wearing jeans and a t-shirt you'd be very surprised because his uniform makes him the dentist no you also, hope he went, you also hope he went to school and he studied how to take care of your your teeth just you know it's not good enough to, to wear the uniform but the uniform surrounds him he is not the uniform and then sometimes you know if you've ever had the weird experience of seeing somebody on the street that looks really familiar and they're dressed in everyday clothes and you're you're thinking, who is that? They look so familiar. Very often, or you might, uh, so it turns out it's your mailman, but you don't recognize them out of uniform. Or sometimes you'll see people, you'll be in another country and you'll see somebody who looks very familiar. This happens all the time. And you even know them from your community probably, but you can't place them. Because maybe it's the person who works in the bookstore and he's worked there for many years and he's always standing behind the counter and you don't recognize him out of context. So you just see him walking around, uh, sitting at the lake, you know, or sitting in a rowboat at the lake and you, or, or, or a woman, and you say, where is that person from? I just can't place it. So, our context is also Makif. <clears throat> I work in that store. I'm in that office. But that's the, 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 maketh, it's called a Rahaik. And then there's a the distant Makif. Maketh. The Makifa is what I'm wearing. It's still not me. The clothes of a person are not them. This all has to do with, in the summer weeks when hopefully we don't have it but we'll, we'll have above better than uh, Yantaf. When we picture the base, when we're actually able to see the base amygdash, so the question is, you know, there's a whole muscle of, uhm, Reblady Yuskos that everybody knows that, uh, the destruction of the base amygdash is like a father who gives his son a jacket. And there's a whole question that's asked. A jacket is a close market. It's something that's not you, but it's close to you. It fits you. You get, you try to get the jacket that fits your size. Whereas, your office doesn't necessarily have to fit you. You might walk into the dentist's office and he's a very kind of sloppy guy and he's got this, you know, real upscale office or vice versa. You know, he's very put-together kind of a dentist and he's got such a schleppy office, messy, dirty, it doesn't fit him. But your clothes are something that are close to you and they fit you. Okay, so that means in our potential there's stuff I know about myself that I can taste it. I can smell it. It's so close. I know, I, I know I'm being given this gift. I don't quite know how to make it my everyday reality. I don't feel like I have the tools in the world to make it happen. That's like my jacket, Makita Karo. And then there's stuff about myself that I sense that there's something there. I don't even know what it is. That's like the further Makita. And both of them will drive me crazy until they become my new normal. So, um, we're just saying that tzedakah is makif akarav. It's like wearing a jacket. And mash enken shi makif Hulasa is like distant makif. So, Taira is like the walls of your office. It's, it's more external to you. It's not you. And yet, because it's so out there, outside of you, it has a much more profound effect. It's like a higher mountain. When you learn Taira, you're able to reach places that you can't even reach through mitzvahs, and you certainly can't reach in any other way. I think all of us, when we're learning, we feel that. We go on journeys through learning Taira to places that we almost feel like we don't belong. Places that no one's ever been before. And if you're learning a or a minder of the Rebbe, you're going there together with him to literally uncharted territory. You know, Columbus discovering America is small potatoes. It's a joke compared to the places we are discovering and going when we, when we learn Maimaram and sikhas. They take us to incredibly exotic places that nobody even knows about. And they're incredibly nourishing and nurturing and exciting places. They're amazing. And so the good thing about it is they expand our horizons. We we, we, we travel daily to, wow, you know, you don't have to ever leave your house. All you have to do is learn my marim. And, boy, you know, what am I going to do this summer? I'm going to be learning my marum. Wow. How much is this trip going to cost you? It sounds like about $5 million. No, actually, it's an economical trip. Uh, and I, I have everything I need right here, you know. My table, my chair, my this, my that, my refrigerator, you know. But I'm going traveling this summer big time to the most exotic places that nobody's ever been and economy trips. So on the one hand, it's, it's incredible. On the other hand, once you've been to those places, it opens your horizons and horizons and now you're frustrated with, being small, you with the, the limited number of vessels that you have to actually express where you've been. You know, you've gone to those places, and you want to come back and tell all your friends about these places you've been to, and you don't even have the language or the way to transmit it in a way that they will also be wowed. You know, they will fall asleep. You start telling them the right that you learned, and they fall asleep. And you just, what do I do with this? So this is just a small example of, um, I'm looking at what it says here in the, okay, it's, it's it's too complicated. This is just a small example of where we are in this generation of, of um, unused potential. Now, uh, 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 I'm going to say a little story. It's, it's an interesting piece of news. Many years ago, I had guests in my house, and this woman told me that her, it was from Israel? Her husband had built the yeshiva and it was a very successful yeshiva and it was open, you know, two, three years. And somebody came in and kind of took it away from him. And we already acknowledged at that point that this is the way it goes in this generation. You will, everybody will be kind of too lazy. Everybody knows that there's a need for something. Everybody's too lazy to do it because it's a lot of work. Somebody comes along and actually does it. And then somebody else will come along and take it away from them. And then the original doer is left wondering, what am I, chopped liver? What was that? And clearly, it's a, it's a horrible feeling. And yet, Hashem keeps making it happen again and again and again. It looks like in this generation, we are given the job of opening things and then walking away and opening the next thing. I I, I met a woman in the 70s, who I remember where she was sitting in the front of the van and she was talking to the driver, Anthony, and she said, I, my function in life, I start free schools, you know, um, new types of schools, I guess, Montessori type schools, you know, different kind of an education. This was in the 70s when all the, you know, all kinds of new things were being developed. And she said, I start free schools. I'm a horrible administrator. So what I do is I go in, I see the need for a new school, I create it, and then I walk away, and I let somebody else run it, and then I go somewhere else, and I start, I see a need for a school, and I create a new school, and then I let somebody else run it, because I can't run schools, and I walk away, and she said, this is what I do in life, I just jump from place to place to place, starting the school, and then I leave. And and we sort of feel like, well, if you're going to start something, finish it. But it looks like in this generation, there are starters and there are maintainers. The starters are people who have the oomph to do something when everybody else is afraid, doesn't have the energy, that wouldn't know how to do it. There's certain people, they know how to start things, just boom, get things going. But that's all they can do. And when we demand of them that they now maintain it, you started it, now finish it. Wait a minute. I didn't tell you I know how to finish. I only only know how to start. They're ma'kish people. They know how to reach out and they, they feel the ma'kish energy. They feel that there's something up there, higher than them, out there, that, that is calling to them, calling to the world, begging to be revealed. And they're actually, they're like mountain climbers. They're actually able to take their rope from where they are throw it up to a higher place that everybody dreams about that nobody does anything about. They hook it on, they test it for stability, and they actually pull themselves up to that place. They create the school. They put 20 children in the school. They create the school. They get the building, whatever they do. It becomes their new normal. They stay there for a week, and then they, they leave. That's their energy. They're nachshans. They jump into places that nobody jumps into. And then, they're the people who will never be naxians. They always wait to see what's going to happen, and after something's established, they will join. And they, could be, they can be very loyal. They, obviously, my bias is to the naxians, because so that's me. But, the, but they're very loyal. They'll get the job done and keep it going. They just will not start it. They will not join a movement at the beginning. They always want to see what's going to be. They don't want to be trailblazers. They want to be maintainers. So everybody needs to know their energy. And even with this, we understand we are in a generation where we're constantly feeling something bigger than ourselves that's burning a hole in our pockets, driving us crazy until we accomplish it. And then (laughs) We have a little bit of peace, and then we get the next one, and a little bit of peace, and we get the next one, etc. And we know just um, also for one more story on this, and then I want to do a little bit of chukas. We know that famous story. that, And I'll probably repeat it many times. That a shliach was sent by the Rebbe to a certain town, and there was a rabbi there who hadn't done anything for 25 years. He just kind of sat around. So the shliach came in and started a preschool. As soon as he did, that rabbi opened up his own preschool and took away all the students. The shliach was beside himself. So the shliach opened up an elementary school. There was none, and they needed it. As soon as he did, the rabbi opened up an elementary school and took away all his students. And it would go like this. Whatever the The Shliach would open up because there was a tremendous need in the city. No one had done anything for 25 years. As soon as the Shliach would do it, the rabbi would wake up and create his own, um, rival project and take away all the students. And at some point, I guess the Shliach wrote to the Rebbe and said, Rebbe, please, you sent me here to do work. Everything I do, this rabbi, takes it away from me he's been sleeping for 25 years what I start something because there's a need he suddenly wakes up and takes it away from me so I start something else he suddenly wakes up and takes it away from me again so I start something else he suddenly wakes up and takes it away this is this is what am I supposed to do and the was answer was something to the effect of "Now why do you think I sent you there meaning the way we understand it, I sent you there to wake up the rabbi. You're not going to get the credit. You'll start things, and he will take it away from you. He, need, he needed to be wake, woken up. I sent you. You're the, you're the alarm clock. You're there to wake him up, and he's going to do the work. And you won't get any credit, except from Hashem. And that's what you're here to do. The tough one everybody's experiencing it in this generation. It's a real tough one. Especially today in the world of online world, whatever you do, you put out there. People are terrified to put out their stuff. They'll write a book, somebody will read it and write a better version of the book etc. etc. You can't once somebody read it, heard it, saw it, whatever, so it's, it's free. I mean, even if you charge people for it, but you can't, it's open for somebody to now take and change slightly and make their own version of it. I was once in a workshop, and I'm saying this for a reason, but this is going to come to a good thing we're going to see in Precious look up in a minute. I was once in a big, big workshop for entrepreneurs building their businesses and coaches building their businesses, and the woman was up on stage, and she was, Somebody stood up and spoke about their work, and the woman on stage said, you know what I think would be amazing? And Try this name for your business, like WeFixThingsBetter.com. whatever it is. And, and the woman on stage was channeling. You know, as she's speaking with the audience, she's coming up with this idea. You should focus your whole business and your whole career around this, And this would even be a good name for it. And the person in the audience said, wow, thank you. That's amazing. So person in the audience pulled out their phone and went immediately, sitting in their place, to buy this website, this domain name. Whatever it is, you know. Let's call it, you know, we have the secret. We'll find out the secret of unusedpotential.com. Let's make it up. Said, wow, thank you so much. That's amazing. You, you've, you focused my whole career. You've ho- focused all my work. Thank you so much. Pulled out a phone, went to buy, we we, buy this domain name. And it was not available. Okay. Too bad because it was such a good idea. Not available. Everybody left. They came back for the break. And the woman on stage said, we checked to see when this domain name had been purchased. The person I suggested it to tried within seconds of me telling them, and it wasn't available. Somebody else owned it. So we checked to see how long somebody else has been owning it. It turned out somebody bought it five seconds before So we checked to see who bought it five seconds before and she said, it was somebody in this room who bought it. Somebody in this room, when I gave the idea to this woman in the audience, somebody in this room stole it from her before, bought it for her from, bought it before she could get to it, said, I don't want you in my school that that's not the kind of energy I want to create in my entrepreneurial school that we're stealing ideas from each other that was really low I really don't feel that whoever you are who did it you're not the kind of person we want in our school we're here to assist each other we're not here to steal from each other and it was you know it was really kind of a very tough moment so this energy of There's something brand new. Wow, what an idea. It's like the rock up there. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, let's throw our our rope up and grab onto that new rock. Oh, my goodness, let's get to that rock. That's amazing. you understand how life can change? I'll use this domain name and this website, and I'll build everything around that. Wow, this can be change the world. Oh, my goodness. It's very exciting. When it's a mottish, it's very exciting. It's also not so safe. The rock up there doesn't look so safe. It's up there, and it's open for everybody to take. If it's makkus, it's free for all. Anybody can take it, which is why we want to take the makkus and make it clean. The thing that's up there, we want to make it ours as soon as possible. Put it into a vessel because it's exciting and it's not so safe, and it's out there, up there, available for everybody, and very high up there. You know, there are some people who climbed up to that high rock, and they didn't make it across a bit. So is amazing energy. Sitting in the sukkah is amazing. But when we sit in the sukkah, we're not thinking about the sukkah so much now, but when we sit in the sukkah and the first night, we say, Leshe, the sukkah, and we're asking that Makita's energy of this sukkah that's surrounding us, It's amazing. But by the morning already, Hashem says enough. We've gotta, we gotta pull it in. We have to make it ours now. Can't have too much makhis going on. So well, now we're gonna do the mitzvah of the rule of an and pull it into ourselves. And also when, no, with it, by the, sorry, also, when we sit in the sukkah, we walk into the sukkah and it's wow. And then we make kiddush and we say, we're already pulling it down into ourselves. Our job in, in in this generation, especially, is to pull the market into the pini, pull the high, amazing stuff down into our lives. It gets it gets very messy when it's just floating around there, available. It can cause riots in the streets, constant fireworks at night, and all that stuff because there's a lot of, there's a lot of market energy flying around. So. Mazel tov, mazel tov, I'm saying to myself, I think we're embarking on a new um um a new topic for the year, which is bringing the market into kanini dot com making it real or I don't know what I'm going to call it uh, I better not say because somebody else will go and take it. <laughs> so we want to just see what that has to do with partial Um So let's see what this has to do I am I am I am useless. Okay. All right. So good, That was a good hey-ra. So now we're we're muted. So let's just see what this has to do for a minute to sum it all up this idea of unused potential, the the feeling that everybody has of I have more potential than I'm using. If if you don't have more potential than you're using then you're either please excuse me you're either sublimating it and keeping yourself so busy that you don't notice it, or doing a lot of overeating. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, because everybody has unused potential in this generation. Or I, I hope I don't lose my listeners. But uh, it, when we are in those moments when we we don't feel like oh I have huge unused potential and I don't know how to bring it to fruition I don't know how to bring the makita and the panini. Either I'm going to overeat, or oversleep, or, or 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 spend the whole day on the computer, or talk on the phone the whole day, or 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 be out setting firecrackers, or or be demonstrating in the street or something. Because this is where we're up to now. More potential, more machas than than tnini, More potential than we have seemed to have vessels to use. This is really what was ushered in this Shavuos. This is possibly. Possibly a tiny piece of what happened this year, Matantira. After the 11 weeks of upgrade in our homes, then we came to the market. Just jumped up to, a, a, you know, a thousandfold, and and the vessels available, the lights that, that that became available to us at the moment of Matantira a few weeks ago, was so much higher than anything we're used to, because every year when Matantira comes, when when we're given the Torah, it's a way higher revelation than before. So we now, after quarantining for 11 weeks and upgrading, we are capable now of reaching mockish places. We are capable of meet, reaching mountaintops, climbing mountains that we never would have dreamed possible for regular people. And that happened from the preparation for Mountain tayra those 11 weeks, and for Mountain itself. And the proof that something happened is, the chaos that happened on the streets immediately shows that everybody's struggling for vessels. You know, gold is raining down, and people are going berserk, trying to find uh, – or dollar bills are raining down, and people are trying to find big, big containers to, to catch it in, to put it in, because if all of a sudden, for 10 minutes, $100 bills start raining down, You can only catch so many in your hands. You can only hold so many $100 bills in your hands. And you can only put so many in your pockets, in your shoes. Where are you going to put them? So the person who happens to be standing on the street with a giant tub will catch a lot more. And and everybody sees, everybody's trying to catch them, put them in their pockets and going crazy because – There's so many more $100 bills to be gotten. And you have no place to to put it, to store it. So you just have to let them fall right off you and you can't even pick them up. And there's a person beside you who brought this huge tub, this giant container from Family Dollar, and they're just catching them like crazy. You're all going to go nuts, scrambling around, trying to find. It'll be bedlam and chaos. Everybody trying to, turning over their house ransacking their house, going crazy, you only have 10 minutes to find the biggest vessels that you can, the biggest plastic containers you can to store these $100 bills in. Because it's only going to be happening for 10 minutes. And after it's over, what you have is a disaster in your house, in the world, everything. People went crazy. They just ransacking everything to try to find vessels to grab this stuff. So uh, that seems like what has been happening in the streets. And then the firecracker thing, it's either a celebration of the fact that, wow, we are onto an amazing new phase, Or, or, or the frustration. I don't know. You know, I'm not the big expert in analyzing the psychological thing here, but it's something like that. So we're in that phase now. And and for those of us who have always struggled with, I have way more potential than than the world is able to give me vessels for, or or I don't know how to create the vessels. Everybody has it. Some people are very aware of it. Some people are less. Some people are hyper aware of it, and it's their whole life. And other people will say, okay, think good. It'll be good. You know, just be positive. That takes care of the simple problem, like, okay, I no longer feel the frustration, but I don't know if Hashem wants us to stop feeling the frustration because if the whole world has this frustration, there have to be a few people who delve into the secrets of truth and Tyra to find out what, what is behind this frustration. So me solving my personal problem, oh, now I made this course online and I'm so busy, I'm no longer feeling like I have, that I don't have vessels. Oh, I'm busy creating my course online and I'm charging this much money, have these many students and I feel very satisfied. Good for me. I got a bit of a break. I have a plateau to stand on. Not good for the world. I'm no longer, I'm no longer connected to the frustration. The rest of the world is still frustrated. They're still setting off their fireworks. So I'm satisfied now. I found my little course. I found my little course, my six week course, how to be, and I got my few students and I this and I that and I connected to my PayPal account. I'm good. I solved my problem. I didn't solve the world's problem. So just to end off, we're just going to touch on, and tomorrow or this week we'll continue more, the idea of what it has to do with Chukkais. Chukkais and Kairach. Because Kairach, his whole thing was he wanted to create a split between upper and lower. Everything we've just talked about. He said, I'm going to create a split. There's going to be what you know or what you can picture and taste and then down here, what you are, what you're involved in, what you're actu- what you're actualizing, and he kept pushing the two of them further apart. He created the split. It was called the Maschilas, and he, his ability to create the split came from the second day of creation. On the second day of creation, on the first day of creation, you had just Hashem created the whole world, this creation, one big godly blob, you know, one big entity. That's Sunday. There's total unity. On Monday of creation, God separated, he created a split. Upper waters and lower waters, which is the precursor for spiritual worlds and physical worlds. Upper waters and lower waters. But the lower waters were crying because they felt very low. Once they were separated from the upper waters, it wasn't a good feeling. It felt very disconnected. You know, once um, your broil barbecue that takes a that uses a gas tank becomes disconnected from its spiritual source, it 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 feels it, it it feels very isolated and very alone, because once your once upon a time your barbecue was a piece of heavenly spiritual potential, and then it there was a contraction that came down 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 down, down, down until it actually manifested as a, a barbecue sitting on your 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 porch or your patio, ready to make some burgers and hot dogs. So that's a good thing. Now you have something in this world. But when it becomes separated from its source, it in itself really cries. Because it now became just an empty barbecue. What do you do with it? You make a barbecue. Okay, and then what? I don't know. think people are satisfied by the barbecue? They'd be satisfied by getting together with other people. But no matter how many hot dogs they eat, it's just not going to satisfy them. Because there's a certain emptiness in that barbecue. Because it's been separated from its source. And you feel it when you eat the hot dogs. You really do. You just feel like you eat too many hot dogs, then you feel thirsty, then you feel yuck, then you go to sleep. And why does it fill you spiritually? Because Kairos came along and he made this gap even wider between upper and lower, spiritual and physical. He said, hey, look at the second day of creation. Hey. In the second day of creation, the upper and the lower waters became separated. The first day of creation was a total unity. There's no such thing as upper and lower. It was just everything. Once they became separated, it was sad, a sad story down here. There's probably even a sad story up there because <clears throat> it's a little better to be from the higher realms, but you're missing your partner. You know, you're missing your, the part of you that came down into this physical world. Whatever. Okay. So then the third day of creation came along and it's called Kitai. It was good. Because on that day, Hashem said, okay, what we're going to do with the, the lower waters that are crying because they want to be reunited with their source, we're going to make them into specific spaces. There's going to be sea, ocean, and there's going to be dry land. The people will live on the dry land. And they're going to do good stuff. And then there's the ocean, which the people will go across the ocean. There's much to say about that. But for some reason, Hashem chose to divide the lower waters, which were anyway crying, into the ocean, the seas, the the, water, the oceans and the rivers, and then the dry land. Which implies many, many, you know, there are many, many energies connected to it. And this somehow healed the sadness of the second day of creation of this split. Because we were put on the dry land and given this Avaita called Tyron which enables us through that, through Tyron to reunite the upper and lower waters to heal the split. And you have throughout history, um, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, um, I, I split, as Hashem says, I split and I will heal the split. All not Mat and tira, there's a split between upper and lower, and Hashem says, we'll, we'll, I'll give you the Taira and it will heal the split. So all of life is, since then, since the second day of creation, dealing with the splits, dealing with the dichotomy of upper and lower. In our case, your potential that you can even almost smell, you can sense it, you can picture it, what you would love to be, what you want to be, and then lower, what I am every day. The split. Our whole life is about healing that split. That's the third day of creation. Through Tyron we're healing the split. So this is Kairach, and Kairach got his ability to challenge the most fundamental things, the leadership of Meishur Benu, the Kahuna of Aaron etc., the ability to light up the world, lots and lots and lots of things. Kairos came along and said, I am going to challenge it by going to wherever there is a little bit of a split, making the split bigger. Which means in our own lives, wherever there's a split between what I wish I could be or do and what I'm actually doing, Kairos came along and said, ah, let's make the split even bigger. I'll drive you nuts. Thanks, but no thanks. That's what Kairos does. And Chokais the next Parsha comes along and starts to he- enable us to heal it. Heal that split and, and how it's going to do that, we'll find out tomorrow. Cliffhanger. that's a, No pun intended. Cliffhanger. So, um, and to just end off that, that this is our whole Ida. We no longer can ignore our potential. All of us feel it, that we have way more talent, ability than we ever knew possible. And and as the Rebbe says, it's no chiddish to reveal the the the, the, the talents, the kaiches that you have. Of course you have to. It's not even a chiddish to reveal the ones you don't know about. The real chiddish is to take the abilities and the talents that not only do you not know about, nobody else would even believe that you could have it and bring those out. From that we understand that the Rebbe is telling us that every single human being today has cases that they would never believe in a million years. And neither would anybody else know. And Greta says, people will look at you once you've revealed them and say, you? You? Imagine somebody who is completely not musical. They cannot keep a tune, nothing. And they become the top singer, the opera singer in Carnegie Hall or wherever it is, the top, 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 top singer. People say, wait, you grew up next door to me. We were, we were in elementary school together. You couldn't keep a tune. Whenever it was the choir, we would say, go home, you get, you know, you get the afternoon off. We didn't want you in our choir. You couldn't sing. You couldn't sing. How did you become the top singer you're performing in Carnegie Hall? Ah, Makis. Hidden kaifas that we don't know we have. Wow. What made you so special that you can have those? No, not me. That is the generation. Everybody has it. We just don't want to be afraid of it. If you don't know how to learn languages, huh? step back, go for some healing, and wait and see how many languages you can learn. If you're not musical, step back, go for some healing, believe in yourself, tune into Hashem's plan, watch yourself become musical. If you're not athletic, if you're 70 years old and you feel like, I can't, be athletic. Go watch some of those YouTubes about the 95-year-olds who were you know, doing all this. Everything becomes possible. The makis becomes higher and higher and it's begging us to step into it and to believe in it and to not be afraid of it. So we'll end with that and tomorrow we'll see how it's, we're getting the kaya from chukas and he hirasan. We should step into that makis, the makis being the gu'ula. Joyfully, unafraid, and make it our new normal, and make it the new normal of the entire world, so that the entire world will say, Shemachat, Shemachat.